Today on the Shared Chair Podcast, we talk with first-year Loyola student Morgan Zygmunt. Her passion for politics and social justice led Morgan to an amazing experience called an ABI, otherwise known as an Alternative Break Immersion. ABIs bring college students all over the USA and even all over the world in order to immerse themselves in different communities struggling with something specific like homelessness, food deserts, racism, and more. Listen to hear about Morgan's experience in St. Louis, Illinois, and how it's changed her for the better. Today we have Morgan Zygmunt on the Share Chair Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for I'm having so me. I'm excited to talk with you about your ABI and just like your experience at Loyola so far. Yeah. Um, but I guess I just want to start off by saying she, you are a student at Loyola University, you're a first year. Yes. And what are you studying here? I'm studying political science and international studies, Ooh. so a double major. Did you come in knowing that you wanted to double major or did you like figure that out throughout the year? Well, I was originally here as an international studies major, but then I found out it's interdisciplinary. And I love politics, I always have. Like I've known I wanted to work in government since I was like in fifth grade. Yeah. So I was like, oh, political science is an easy like add-on and I enjoy it. So um, I figure if I can get more credits and take classes I'm interested in and get a double major, it's a win-win for yeah. me. Were you in any political science classes first semester? Yes, I was. What was that like? Because first semester was when the 2016 election was still going on. Was was there like anything noticeable, noticeably different about those classes affected Ye by the election? Yes. Um, okay, so I was actually in uh, political science 102 last semester, okay. which is an international politics class. And we talked about the election for one class, like as right after it happened. But I actually found that we talked more about it in my Spanish class for obvious reasons. We like got to Spanish class. It's my first class of the day right after the election. And there's a few people who were visibly upset, yeah. like very emotional. Um, my professor sort of just like had to like sit us down and was like, it's going to be okay. Just like you are going to be okay. And he was very positive and but also like very understanding of why people were upset and like it was a very emotional day especially for a Spanish you know class um, with the whole build the wall thing and the treatment of Mexican immigrants but I felt my professor was very empathetic towards us. Well, I'm really curious about your international studies major. I'm, I'm like thinking about seniors in high school who might be listening to this and like their interest might be piqued or something. That sounds like so luxurious and cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, what goes into like international studies? Oh there's so many things you can go into with international studies because it literally is studying the world and yeah. different aspects of the world. So I've taken a world religions class so I took theology 107 and I've taken like international studies 101 and basically what you talk about are like um, business aspects of the world so globalization is a major topic that we talk about in every class talk a lot about culture so you have to take an anthropology class when you do international studies and you have to talk about like the effects of globalization on cultures mm. and the interconnectedness of uh, the world with technology now as well so can you think of a really like can you think of an example of how globalization affects cultures just right off the top of your head yeah so ecotourism is a huge problem with globalization mm -hmm. uh, so there's a lot of um, smaller tribes in South America like the Canela tribe we talked about in one of my classes and um, they've been like kind of showing their community to tourists and 
they're trying to figure out if that's a good thing or not to like if their culture is changing because of globalization if they're um, enhancing some aspects of their culture that they wouldn't necessarily have if tourists were there. Policies that are being formulated in different countries mm. affect people in the United States so like um, like Chinese policies affect American policy mm -hmm. and like all this other thing and it's very interconnected. So did you have any idea of what you might want to do with the, those majors when maybe you get out of school? It's, I mean like no pressure, you're a first year. Oh yeah, totally. Any, idea, um, any dreams or anything? Yes, definitely have some dreams. It would be really awesome. I want to do like visa work and stuff like that. Um, another option I have is to go to law school mm -hmm. and if I were to do that, like I would probably want to um, focusing on immigration. So I know like nothing about the foreign embassies or the visa type thing that you mentioned. Can you explain maybe what that would entail? Yeah, so basically from what I understand, I'm not sure on the specifics of it or exactly how it works, but um, American ambassadors will hire people to work in their offices or in foreign, like in embassies basically. Yeah. Um, so there's embassies all around the world, basically in every country as far as I know. Mm -hmm. And so I think they're like one to two year terms that you get to stay in places. So let's say I were to go to um, Morocco. Be Moroccans who are trying to get visas mm -hmm. to the United States. Mm -hmm. I could also help them with that. It's a lot of paperwork. Mm -hmm. So it seems a little bit boring. But I just want to like work with people and try to get them the correct paperwork that they need in order to leave a country or to come to a country. I know that you had mentioned to me before your possible interest in working um, with teaching sexual education to like, oh, around the yes. world. And I kind of just want to like talk about that because I think it's a topic that is not explored as often as it needs to be. So after college, I really want to join the Peace Corps and teach reproductive health before I get into like the whole embassy thing. So I want to go to um, areas of development such as Guatemala or um, places, countries in Africa specifically and teach young girls and boys about reproductive health because it's kind of a taboo in many places and um, they need to like understand what it means to be safe and to not get STDs or to prevent pregnancies. I think it's very important. What do you think like has created that awkward stigma around it? Because you said taboo and you're absolutely right. Like I, I see with different generations and even with myself sometimes like the uncomfortableness with the human body, which I mean, I guess I, I understand because of the way it's been taught throughout culture. But right. like, what is that weird stigma do you think is around it? I think that there's this protectiveness from parents to say like, we shouldn't really be talking about sex mm -hmm. or we shouldn't really be talking about, um, you know, just the repercussions of sex. Mm -hmm. um, and you kind of have to learn it through school. And like maybe some parents are very open with their children about sex and like they do talk about things, which is awesome. Um, but a lot of kids learn it through schools and many schools just teach abstinence, especially here in the United States, um, which isn't really effective. I think that people need to know what happens when you have sex mm -hmm. what can happen when you have sex and it's important here in the United States and it's important all around the world mm -hmm. and I also just want people to be able to be more comfortable with their body and their oh sexuality. definitely definitely yeah, yeah. and I think that be teaching that and like showing younger kids and a younger generation that an older generation is okay with talking about the human body and sex right shows that like hey this is your body 
it's beautiful. You should be able to do what you want with it as long yes. as you're safe. There's like actually this one program I did read about. And I think there's a documentary about it. I'm not sure what it's called. But basically, it's um, there's this rule with international law that once you get like 12 or 15 miles off the coast, it's like international waters. And what this group has been doing is been taking this boat with like doctors and um just like a bunch of medical things and coming to countries where abortion is illegal and taking women who have unwanted pregnancies off the coast for 12 miles to allow them to get abortions or any reproductive health care that they need. Wow. Okay, I will try and find that. Yes. And I'll link it below the documentary or the program. Where are you from? Where did you grow up? And like what made you want to come to Chicago to Loyola? Right. Yeah. So I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So I'm also from a city. Um, and I wanted to come to Chicago because actually all of my family lives in Chicago. And when I was applying for colleges, I wanted to go to a Jesuit uh, university. Mm -hmm. And when I came to Loyola to visit, I just fell in love with the campus. And I thought they were very, very strong in their call to social justice, which is something I'm very passionate about. And I felt like I just automatically fit in here. And I love the urban environment that I'm living in. Chicago is awesome. There's so much culture here. And there's so many great people who I've come to know in the city. And it's also awesome to be close to my family, too. They have all these programs catered to social justice. And they really want to um, get these discussions going and flowing. And um, they seemed very passionate about um, trying to change the world. ABI, just for the people who are listening, is an alternative break immersion. Yes. Um, Loyola holds them. People, students can go on them. They go on uh, these... ABIs during their spring break or afterward, um, like once the school year is over. And I think a few examples of these are like people go to the south side of Chicago. Right. People go to Detroit, Michigan. They go to Portland, Oregon. So I went to East St. Louis, Illinois, which is right across the river from St. Louis, Missouri. I went to East St. Louis with a group and we were there from March 4th to March 11th and we stayed at Hubbard House, which is part of a Catholic urban program in East St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And we went to various sites throughout the trip. So we went to a homeless shelter for a couple of days. We went to schools for a few days. We went to a lot of aftercare facilities. I think we went to aftercare for education every day. Okay. So that was really awesome. We got to work with kids. We got to work with um, sisters. We got to work with um, people in the community a lot. We got to work with people who worked with Catholic urban programs. Um, there was also a thrift store that people went to, and I went to a neighborhood law office, which is a nonprofit organization within the community to help um, people get their records expunged after they like got out of jail or you know made some mistakes in their past and trying to get a job they work with that mm -hmm. um, there's also like some housing developments I did a lot of gardening and like kind of manual work um, yeah. did a lot of cleaning um, but just you know the little things like it does help the community out even yeah. though it's like kind of small tedious tasks but yeah um, but with those tasks we kind of got to know the people who worked in those programs and people who were who lived in the community as well what was there ever a standout moment during this trip that that really sticked out to you or were there a few or was there just like an overall feeling that maybe sticked out to you yeah so there was this one moment i remember specifically that i just felt so like i just felt so angry but like also very like I felt so much community at the same time. And that was on our, when I think one of our last days of service and it was at the um, neighborhood law office. Mm -hmm. 
and we had lunch with people who were working next to the law office so they were doing some housing development stuff and they worked in between like it was like a huge community like thing it was like you worked on houses or like the law office or like there was even a day center there a daycare center there too mm -hmm. and we all had lunch together and they all gave us food which was amazing that was like so sweet like we yeah. packed our own lunches because we didn't want to intrude but they had food ready for us to view and we were just sitting on this long table and we were talking to all these people who were, had been working in this community and they were talking a lot about um, the racial segregation that was very prominent in this community and the wealth gap between people in general. So basically what happens is people from suburbs or cities invest in properties in East St. Louis hoping that one day it will become like a major like hub or like maybe it'll turn cool you know gentrified or whatever and um they end up like owning every single piece of property in this area and then rent it out to the people who live there which is like not ideal because they have these crazy interest rates they have to pay so much money to live in these like how and like the land is not even taken care of and then also 2017 is the 100th anniversary of the race riots that occurred in East St. Louis in 1917. It was probably, I think, one of the most violent race riots in history wow. of America. And I think about 300 to 400 people died and they were like lynched all on like light poles and stuff like that, like all throughout downtown. And they were talking about that. And then one of the people who worked for Catholic urban programs actually took us down that street to see where it happened. And it was so interesting because like, majority of the buildings that were on the street like this was their downtown was like completely abandoned and like totally caved in like there was a hospital there that mm. was abandoned yeah. like no one can get medical care for like 10 miles one thing I learned was that like by the time you're in eighth grade like 50% of the children are illiterate wow. which isn't which is crazy like this is a school in the United States like yeah. you wouldn't think that like children are illiterate and when they go to their home like when they go back home to like get help with their homework like their parents can't help them because they can't read mm. and so it just like falls into this pattern of poverty I remember talking to the person who ran Hubbard House or she was one of the managers of Hubbard House and mm -hmm. she was saying that a lot of people will take um, you know friends and family over their own needs so like they would if if your friend if your neighbor is like kind of not gonna make or, or if your neighbor's not going to make rent this month, like if you have an, a little bit extra cash, then maybe you can't afford to like buy dinner one night. Then yeah. you would help your neighbor because they need the money. Mm -hmm. And they really take others' care over their own, which yeah. is so like empowering and like so beautiful. If you could give anybody a piece of advice, just like another human, human to human, um, from your past experiences, it could be drawing from your ABI, drawing from Loyola, um, Loyola's social justice programs, anything like that. What kind of advice would you give just to anybody? Talk to everybody because you will learn something from everybody. It doesn't matter like if it's some homeless person on the street or um, a professor at your school or a teacher or friends like you will learn something from everybody no matter where you go so talk to people I think that is so important and you learn so much from everybody you talk to and I'm a strong believer in that give a little bit of yourself to others too like be open to new ideas and like tell people your story too because it's a trade-off like you learn from others and they learn from you mm -hmm.
Well, thank you so much for being on the Share Chair podcast, Morgan. It thank was you. a pleasure talking to you. I can't wait for it to come out. Yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> I really appreciate this. This is awesome. That's this week's episode of the Share Chair podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just pick your poison and I'm sure we're on it. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another priceless story.